from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Senesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Senior Salute Radio. Senior Salute Radio is presented by the Estate and Asset Protection Law Firm of Victoria Collier. Hey, good afternoon. I am your host, Victoria Collier, and Senior Salute Radio brings timely information to leading age boomers and seniors addressing the issues of aging, caregiving, and maintaining quality of life. Today, we will be discussing making the right move. And when we're talking about making the right move, what I'm talking about is moving from home to maybe assisted living or a nursing facility. When we talk about living arrangements for someone who needs additional care, oftentimes we get that at home or we move to independent living. And most often you're starting to see now assisted living facilities springing up everywhere or what we hear of memory care centers. And then of course there's always the nursing home, which is where most people vow they'll never go. Um, And family members make promises not to uh, ever move their loved one to a nursing home. So today um, we're gonna recognize that people live in all those different environments. Uh, for various reasons and people choose these different options because of their own personal needs and experiences and reasons and today we're only going to talk about two of those uh, assisted living and nursing home and with us today are my very very special guests Alice and her son Michael to here to talk to us about when Alice was making the decision to have additional care for her husband, Bill, and and all the family discussions that happen around that in order to make a decision. So welcome, Alice, and welcome, Michael. Hi. Um, so, Michael, you know, you're a child of a care, you know, of, of, of two parents, obviously, <laughs> that, you know, Alice and Bill. And um, I'll start by asking you that, um, as a child, do you see, and when did you start seeing that maybe things were different with your father? Uh, wow, that's that's hard to pinpoint. I, I feel real comfortable saying it's it's been at least five years. Um, even that, those tough. I mean, uh, uh, you start off losing keys, uh, locking yourself out of the door, uh, out of the house, uh, things like that. I do that now. So how yes. is it different? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> yeah. and that's. That's exactly right. And you see it start to happen more often, though. Uh, losing the wallet was a big one we started seeing a lot of problems yes. with. Uh, different things like that. And it just kind of, it, it, it's kind of insidious. It really comes very slowly. It's not like, okay, uh, uh, oh, look, he's having problems. We need to think about changing our care arrangements and things like that. And the reason I asked you first, Michael, is because you don't live in the home. And changes like that are more obvious than when you live in the home. So, Alice, tell me about your experience. Uh, My experience was I also watched him as he was so forgetful and trying to find these things. We ended up getting tiles so I could push something to find it because we were losing it so often. It so you put you you got an apparatus to put on his wallet so that you could do a, a clicker or something so it right. would let you know where it was. Right. I need one of those for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> and so and I, I kept having to rely on my son, my other children, to say, okay, how can we help Bill? Because it was very frustrating to him also. 
Now, pause for just a moment. Um, you said it was frustrating for him. Now, he had dementia, which is memory loss. Right. Okay. And possibly Alzheimer's. Right. Okay. And sometimes with that, when we're losing our wallet, people start accusing others of stealing from them. Now, was that happening in your family or was the accusations happening in your family or not? He believed that somebody, if he couldn't find his keys, somebody had stolen them. Okay. Which can be very frustrating. Oh, yes. If he couldn't find his wallet, someone had stolen his wallet. And, of course, that was not the case. It was where he had put it. He just couldn't remember where he put it. So, um, And let me ask you this. Um, I am somebody who does not put my keys in the same place every day when I come home, like I should, right? And so I can't frequently find them. Was he someone who did that and that changed, or is he someone like me who just never did, and now this is just now more frustrating because it takes longer and it's harder to understand why you can't find it? He never put them in the same place. So it was frustrating to him, but he knew that he had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's before this started. So we had an early diagnosis of Alzheimer's. And why would you have gotten an early diagnosis? It was his choice. He knew something was happening. He knew that there was a history in his family. He also knew that he had sustained head injuries. He played football in college. And all of these things, he was an avid reader, and he was concerned. So he was noticing some changes within himself, and he wanted to get a baseline test um, or any kind of medical right. and diagnosis. He, he, was, he thought that there was probably medication that would slow this down and help him. Okay. Um, and yet, even throughout the course, did he feel and believe that he could do more and make decisions in areas that he was lacking? Yes. Okay. Um, even with his awareness and astuteness. Right. He was very good with financial things, mm-hmm. and, like, he couldn't – the bank statement was something, and it was like, well, it's not printed right. That's why I can't make sense of it. Okay. So blaming the other exterior Correct. things that you cannot control. Right. Now, um, many families come to our office, and they will ask or they'll say – don't use the word Alzheimer's. Don't even, you know, talk about it like this person has an issue. Um, did you go through that at all, or did you not have to go through that since he's the one that brought it up saying he wanted testing? We never went through that. Okay. I mean, when we came to your office, he told you he had Alzheimer's. Right, right, right. And I can tell you from the advocates, the practitioners, uh, standpoint and view is that it makes the planning so much easier I can't say emotionally it's easier I can say that taking the steps necessary to put the legal things in place to arrange the finances properly can make it easier does make it easier when everybody can talk out loud to each other to include with the person with the condition so that they can be part of that plan you know so and I and what I'm hearing is that you had that experience yes okay um, and so now Bill currently lives in a nursing home correct correct 
But that is not the first place y'all chose to go, is it? No. Okay. Is that where you wanted to go from the beginning? I didn't understand enough about assisted living and nursing home and the difference. And, you know, you say nursing home, you're thinking one thing, which it's not. Okay, so tell me what you're thinking, and then tell me what it's not. Um, Right now, we are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the estate and asset protection law firm of Victoria Collier, making the right move. Now, Alice, you were just about to tell us, you know, you're thinking one thing about a nursing home, but it's not. So tell me what you're thinking. Well, you know, I thought that he wouldn't, if he was walking, he couldn't go to a nursing home. I didn't understand the care that a nursing home actually provided. And after going to visit the nursing homes, realizing, oh wait, this is the care they provided, and looking at the other residents' patients and seeing that, oh, they are people that walk here. This has to do with their self-help skills, their needs. Very different from what we think about from the 1950s, right? Yes. Um, And Michael, what about uh, from your perspective as a child, you know, thinking my dad needs a nursing home. Isn't that where people go to die? You know, what was your... Absolutely. Um, uh, Also, we were really concerned about how he would feel about these moves. Uh, When he's uh, um, having very lucid moments, he's doing really well. And you, you don't want to talk to him about going to a nursing home. This is the end of the road and things like that. And uh, But as we made these moves, um, it was fascinating to see put him in the assisted living facility. And we quickly realized all the things we were having to do that we really weren't capable of doing. And then moving him to the nursing home, we saw it again. We were like, hey, there's a bunch of things that the assisted living facility doesn't provide that the nursing home does and he's getting a higher level of care he's he's healthier he's getting you're trying to get the best quality of life you can at this point that's what you're working for so tell me about that um as far as he's now in the nursing home but um he was in an assisted living before that and even before that alice you were taking care of him okay taking care of talk to me about you taking care of him because one of the biggest things that I try to share with people is that first and foremost caregiver burnout is real right very real (laughs) and um and and the one thing I always try to say is if something happens to you as the caregiver then what good are you to the other person right now we have two men down versus one right right tell me some of the things that you were going through as the caregiver when Bill was at home because I can tell you this physically you look so different today than you did when you first walked in my office. I had serious concern about you personally. I am much healthier today than I was then. And I have time for me. It was, I I went to a workshop just recently about the caretaker and I like what she said. She said, think about your pie. And if you are at home taking care of them, then the pie, other than just a tiny sliver that's who you are and that's where all your time and all your energy you know you don't have time for any physical activity any emo any socialization you can't do anything cognitively to help yourself because there is no time for you totally depleted totally depleted 
and that's what was happening. I knew it. My children could see it more than I could see it. And that, but as Bill's self-help skills declined rapidly, it was like, okay, I cannot do this anymore. And it is not uncommon for the children to actually come into our office and say, we're more concerned about the healthy spouse than we are the other one. Mm -hmm. Healthy being uh, the operative word there because they're not healthy. They're just <laughs> not the one who needs the the hands-on care. That's right. <laughs> you know. Um, and so you were depleted. You knew you couldn't do it anymore. You had children encouraging everyone to make a change. Um, and so why did um, you choose assisted living? I know you said that you thought that he wouldn't qualify medically physically for the nursing home at first was there anything else uh, other than that 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 was it we really did not think he would qualify for the nursing home although michael said you know mom i'm not sure that a nursing home might not be right right well but but let's be careful there we also made some assumptions again based on the stereotype of a nursing home that he wouldn't have social interactions that he wouldn't be making friends and and that everybody and would just be sitting in wheelchairs up around the nurse's desk exactly that that's that's pretty much what we believed uh which we've come to find out wasn't the case and so we we truly believe this was a better environment um i'm still not 100 percent sure that it wasn't good for all of us that he kind of transitioned from one level of care to another maybe it was maybe it wasn't that's hard to uh go back in hindsight but but to me, that was the big one was, again, we're looking for a quality of life. Uh, um, he was formal, formerly a minister. He's a very social person. Uh, e even to this day, uh, 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 with a lot of the issues, having very social. And that was, that was something we want to make sure he had. So, You are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the estate and asset protection law firm of Victoria Collier. And we are talking about making the right move. And, Michael, you just mentioned quality of life, of course. And I overwhelmingly hear from people that's why they choose assisted living is they believe the quality of life is going to be better because it is um, both emotionally and in the law what's considered a least restrictive environment. Um, and let's just face it, the eye candy is better. The hallways look better. The art is better. Um, you know, it just feels different. Um, but tell me about the real experience differences that Alice, your husband, went through in that I understand, like, he lost a lot of weight. 75 pounds. Okay. 75 pounds in what period of time? I think that was a year and a half, two oh, years? No, no, no. Was it we're a year? No, we're talking like six to seven oh. months. Sorry, he was in the assisted living facility, though, for, wasn't he in there for about a year and a half? Is he, that correct? No, he was in the... Um, went in in august and i moved him in april okay. okay okay and so in that from august to april he lost 75 pounds Correct. and you know let's talk about quality of life you know how did that affect him it had made him it had affected his walking so he really was having a very hard time walking he knew nobody i mean he was so confused and he was not healthy anymore. It had it had really began. You could see it. He's now put on. He, now that he's moved from assisted living to a nursing home, okay, because they can provide him the help that he needs to eat. That's another one of the skills that he is losing is his ability 
to sit and have food placed in him in front of him and be able to just eat the food without being cued or assisted. So as Michael was saying earlier to get to this point, and that is there were things that the assisted living just couldn't or wouldn't do that the nursing home is doing. And as an example, one of those is actually the assistance of feeding, eating. Okay. Um, And I know that most assisted living facilities, their philosophy is we try to keep them be as independent as possible. But if someone doesn't have that ability, then I feel as an advocate that they have one of two responsibilities. One is do it for them. That's called assistance. The other is make a recommendation to move out, you know. Um, But what they often do is neither of those. And sometimes they'll recommend that you actually bring in home health care to the assisted living facility um, to provide those things that the assisted living facility is not doing. Did y'all ever get that recommendation? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's like living an independent living, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, and that that was what I found very interesting was as we started doing the math and looked at, okay, um, because another reason for assisted living, it's certainly a cost difference. Um, But as we started calculating, okay, if we're paying the assisted living and we're paying private caregivers to come in, it's actually less expensive to have him in the nursing home and get the same level of care. And and to your point, um, and I I don't believe the assisted living facility was trying to pull anything over us on anything, but they didn't have the staff capable of doing it, but they also, um, they want to stay in business and they didn't really seem to have any incentive to tell us he's beyond our care. It, it didn't seem like they were ever going to get there. Maybe they would have. No, and in fact, most assisted livings will do marketing as in, you will never need to leave. We can take care of everything, which is just not accurate. You know, it's no. just not accurate. And in your case, it was um, detrimental to Bill's yes. health his quality of life and then you're seeing this every day that's got to be affecting you it was was he he was a very large man when he went in he could afford to lose 80 pounds apparently (laughs) well not not but you know 50 pounds he still you know he's gained back 15 pounds 15 pounds yes okay and how has his um his walking and his he, confusion. He started walking better. He knows who we are. He has a word retrieval problem. Um, that's That was what he has believed is basically it's his word retrieval. Um, and so he, he, he knows you and he searches for a name. So yeah, he's, he's doing health-wise. There's also a doctor that is on, you know, you have registered nurses in a nursing home and you have a doctor that comes by once a week that is there to check on bill to to know how he's doing and that that's a big i have a lot of peace about knowing that somebody is there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is qualified right that that was huge to me um the day he goes into the nursing home or within a few days he's meeting a a a dietitian uh, the doctor, the certified nurses, a podiatrist. Uh, they started setting up him up for physical therapy. Um, they wanted a list of medicines. They started recommending changes to the medicine, which they monitored. And they've changed a few times since as they felt appropriate. But it was, um, they, they actually provide us, uh, or they track, uh, we could ask for it, uh, everything all day to do with his health. When does he use the restroom? When does he eat? When does he sleep? How's it going? Has it changed? Do we need to change something? 
um, just again, it's it's a much higher level of care. A whole care plan team yes. that's yes. communicating with you, uh, which you did not have at the assisted living. No, no. I just had a care meeting. Mm-hmm. Care and plan I, meeting. Right. Never had one of those in assisted living. And you never will. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, I have a client that's similarly situated uh, that is the wife of um, her husband who has early, I'd say early onset Alzheimer's. How old is your father? Uh, your, I'm sorry, your husband? 73. 73. And, you know, this gentleman is around the same age. Uh, diagnosed um, early 60s, um, very physically strong, can live a long time, right? Um, she had the opposite experience, though. She did go to a nursing home uh, first, and it wasn't the right path for her, and now he's at assisted living and thriving. Um, and so, you know, everybody's what I call the elder care journey is very different. Yes. And so, Alice, you know, having gone through all this, and I would say not just surviving, but thriving through it, because you're all doing better. You know, even Bill is doing better, you yes. know. Um, what would be your guidance for families going through this, for spouses going through this? I think you have to really look at what their needs are, where are their self-help skills, what do they really need? And that's what we had to take a really hard look at, is what are his needs? You have to kind of remove your emotions and really just look at it and say, okay, what, what are the needs? We need this, we need this. Okay, well, can they provide that? Who can provide those needs? Meet the, the need. Who can provide the help for right. the needs? Now, I'm often sitting at the opposite side of the table of my clients, and I can say, look, I'm not emotionally involved, and I'm looking at it from the quality of life standpoint. I'm looking at it from the financial standpoint. I'm looking at it from the family. You know, how can we make sure that everything we do for this person doesn't negatively affect the spouse at home? Because, you know, you've got another 20, 30 years in front of you, right? (laughs) Um, How can you, as a spouse, say, remove the emotional from it and make these decisions how do you do that I'm not sure how you I think you just you have to get in a place where you want their quality of life and what is going to what's the best placement for them so that they can have a quality of life Mm -hmm. considering what their needs are and get to a place where you're not, and there's no wonderful way for me to say this, where you're not being selfish about your own needs. Correct. And what I mean by that is because caregivers are never selfish about their own needs as far as the care. They'll deplete everything. But I do hear people say all the time, we want to stay together. We absolutely must stay together. I've got to stay with my spouse. And sometimes that's actually for their own self not for their spouse's actual needs go ahead michael i'd also add to that um i think we're in kind of a a a fortunate situation um my mother uh uh, and my sisters and i we're very close and we talk daily and i think also that um 
even though we're all feeling emotional about it, uh, we, we have the same goal. How can we uh, 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 protect mother, uh, keep her safe? How can we give Bill a quality of life uh, that we're not ashamed of? Um, and, and sometimes having those uh, uh, consensus talks, I, I don't know that we always talk together, but mother's talking to every one of us every day. And I think she kind of bounces it off of all of us. You get some different viewpoints. And I, I feel like that's another way to get the emotion out of it just a little bit is, is have those broad discussions with a couple of people and get some different viewpoints and things like that. So, so what I'm hearing mo- you know, more than anything is really just communicating um, about what the options are, yes. about your feelings about them. Did you allow yourselves together to be emotional, though? You know, because it is emotional. You know, I mean, did you allow yourselves to cry? Did you allow yourselves to scream and all that? I'd probably say individually. I'm not sure we we, we really together. Uh, I think uh, sometimes it's really important for all of us to appear strong to the other ones in the family and things like that. But uh, uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel confident saying that individually we all did at certain points. So. And all supported each other is what it yes. sounds like. So communication yes. and true support. Right. Yes. Are there any resources that you found out in the community better than others that you would want people to know about? Because, you know, with the Internet and, you know, everything else, there's so much information. Is there one thing that you found that, other than our office, of course, that you found that was? <laughs> that, that's what I was going to say. That was first thing on my lips right there. That was just more helpful to you than anything? The Alzheimer's Association is really helpful. And when they put on a workshop, if you'll look, and it's always free. It's, there's no charge to go. And they're very knowledgeable. I mean, that's what they do. So, yes, they can be very helpful. That's the work with the pie that was mm-hmm. put on by the Alzheimer's Association. And I've been to several others that have been very helpful to me. Um, we... Um have had some uh, uh, friends go through some similar experiences uh, who, who live in the area, and that's been very fortunate. Uh, we've been able to talk. Um, everyone's experience is different, different, but there were some things that were similar that really helped. And uh, and and please don't don't kid yourself. You you actually have been a huge asset because talking to someone, we're new at all of this. We've never done any of this before. It's all new. We come into your office and talk to you and your team, and there's people who I feel like have done this a number of times and 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 already have a lot of the emotion out of it. Oh, I, I've seen this. This is some ideas. This is how you should progress. Think about this. This would be a good change. And and that's been huge because, it, it, again, you, you kind of feel alone. This is brand new. I've never done it before. Am I going to mess up? Is All those things come to mind. So. You are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Estate and Asset Protection Law Firm of Victoria Collier. Now, Mike, I do want to just end on this one question um, that you know that you st- sort of started a second, uh, and and that is like going to a law firm, and just like choosing the right assisted living or choosing the right nursing home, you've got to choose the right law firm. But many people don't even want to talk to a lawyer because it's well, let's just say it's expensive. Um, in how people view what expense and isn't. Um, but, you know, that didn't stop you guys. And finances were certainly a concern for you. You know, I mean, Michael, that was your big thing every meeting. And so what would you say to people that have these same issues and yet they don't want to 
invest in themselves or their loved one to have that quality of life because it sounds expensive uh penny wise pound foolish um i mean i mean that's the truth though um to me this this was never a question uh, um i've i've again heard of other people's experiences and things like that and if you don't plan and you don't uh, work on ways to protect your assets, this is all mother has the rest of her life, okay? And I hope she lives to be 100. That means she's got at least 50 years left. And um, <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, um, so, so to me it was never a question. It, it's really important to go seek some help, to go get somebody to say, how can we plan this? How can we make this work? How can we, and, and also, you you talked about it it's very easy for us to say just i'll go bankrupt and and take care of him and that's the end of the days but which many children do take on that financial uh burden if you will you know yes and 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 my thought again though is um i used to be a lifeguard and actually uh they taught us uh um the last thing you do is try to dive in and save them. You do anything else you possibly can because you may have two victims out there. Right. And and that's what I keep thinking about. And so let's go get some help. Let's spend some money and let's see how we can plan for everybody to come out in the long term instead of somebody winning, somebody losing, or maybe even everybody losing. If you go bankrupt and you start running out of options. Nobody yeah. wins there. Now, you know, I know it's not easy for you, but I'm going to make it sound, you know, so it's easy for a child to say, let's just spend mom and dad's money so that we can get some help. Alice, I'll end with you with, you know, it's your money uh, that's being spent. How was that for you? Uh, You know, I mean, you're the one who has to have that money to live on the rest of your life. I've never, it's like Bill and I had a power of attorney we had been to the attorney. We This is something that we always thought. You need to have a plan. You need to go talk to someone who, an attorney, who that's what they do. So it's part of your personalities together as a couple that you put plans in place. They help you. They help the next generation. Correct. Okay. Um, I, I would put one more thing in. Um, as a minister and and spouse of a minister i think also they had seen this a lot and they had seen a lot of people make a lot of mistakes and yes for for a long time this has been part of their plan because you you ideally you learn from the mistakes of others so alice and michael i cannot thank you enough for coming here today to senior salute sharing your experiences with us and um being willing to Uh, help others go through this it certainly sounds like you've made the right move thank you with your help (laughs) thank you thank you you have been listening to senior salute which is a bi-monthly show bringing timely information for leading age boomers and is available 24 7 online by visiting seniorsaluteradio.com i want to thank our listeners we salute you 